How's everybody doing? Amen. Give obedience to God, my Father, Jesus Christ, who is the Lord and Savior of my life, your president, my friend and brother beloved, Pastor Adam Greenman. Thank you, sir, for this incredible privilege that you have given me to be here this morning uh, to preach the chapel here at Southwest Seminary. I uh, know Pat, Dr. Greenman, know a lot of pastors and preachers across the city, state, and nation that can be here this morning, but my brother, I'm so honored that you thought enough of this street preacher from New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, to be here on this morning. I have always been impressed with Dr. Greenway when I met him several years ago when he was at Southern Seminary. I've always been impressed with your, uh, your, your commitment to God, your commitment to the Word of God, and how you, uh, God just used you to touch the hearts and lives of so many, man. I'm just so proud of what God has done in your life, man, to thank God for what God, can you imagine, who would have thought that five years ago of your, uh, that, that you would have been president of Southwestern Seminary, who would have thought 12 years ago I would have been president of the, of, New, of the Southern Baptist Convention, just go show you how, God, how good God is. Thank you, brother, for this wonderful privilege and opportunity. To all the professors, all the staff, and all the students who assembled here on this morning, um, I have Franklinites uh, in the place, amen, thank God uh, for my sister for being here, that Carol Bradford's mother-in-law, thank you uh, good to bring her. Thank you for bringing her uh, to be here. I have one amen in the house. I know that. Amen. If nobody else say amen. Uh, my, uh, my nephew, Dr. Eric Vance, good to see you. Base, good to see you, man. And we thank God for uh, all of you. And thank God. Dr. Bruce McCoy said he was going to be here. Bruce said, did you make it? This hey, he is. Good to see you, man. God bless you, partner. Good to see you so very much. Dr. Malone, God bless you, man. Thank you all for being here uh, on today. Brothers and sisters, I believe this morning that faith is necessary in the life of every believer. I believe that faith is crucial in the life of every believer. Many of your students came to this school, Southwestern Seminary, by faith, trusting that this school will prepare you for future ministry. The professors and the staff here are working here by faith, trusting that they will equip you with the tools that you need to prepare our future generations. All I'm saying this morning as I share in this sermon is the importance of faith in the life of every believer. I want to talk about that this morning. Turn your Bibles to the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 9 as we share this morning in the Word of God. The Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 9. I want you to look at with me verses 27 through 31 of that chapter. Matthew chapter 9 verses 27 through 31 of that chapter. If you have it, please say amen. Matter of fact, y'all can say amen all throughout my sermon. I'm kind of used to it if y'all know what I'm talking about. All right? I'm done. Don't hold back on your amens. I've discovered that saying amen to preachers like saying sick them to a dog. It, it, it gets us going. It really, really do. So, so don't, don't, don't be stingy with your amens because if you do, I got at least two, three, four, five in this section right here. So uh, just uh, share with me your amens. Matthew 9, look at verses 27 through 31. You'll find these similar words. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to, don't miss this, your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows this. Verse 31. 
But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Our Father and our God, Master, I thank you and I praise you for this incredible honor and privilege that the Greenway has given to me to stand in this pulpit where there's no lack of preaching and to preach chapel here at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Thank you, Lord, for the uh, staff, for the, uh, uh, the students, God. Thank you for all the guests, everyone under the sound of my voice. Thank you for last night's rest. Thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. Now, God, do as I ask every time I stand to preach. That is, God, let me decrease as you increase. Father, hide me behind the cross. Let them not see Fred. But God, let them see Christ. To the end, God, that you may be glorified, the saints of God may be edified, Satan may be horrified, and all sinners will come to repentance. Therefore, God, stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my voice, and I'll be so very careful to give your name all the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. And first, say, let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Verse 20, then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. With that text in mind, with that scripture in mind, with this chapel of Brother Moses in mind, I want to preach this morning from the subject, the importance of living. Yeah, I was talking to that Moses right there. The importance of living by faith. The importance of living by faith. Southwest, one of the most important disciplines for every believer is to live a life of faith. Bradford, one of the most important spiritual disciplines for every Christian is to live a life of faith. President Greenway, one of the most important spiritual disciplines for every child of God is to live a life of faith. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your vocation, doesn't matter your denomination. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that God expects of every believer, one of the things that God expects of every Christian, one of the things that God expects of every child of God, one of the things that God expects of every disciple is that God expects us to live a life of faith. As a matter of fact, the Bible is very clear when it talks about the importance of faith in the life of a believer, in the life of a Christian, in the life of a child of God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that's not of yourself. It's a gift of God lest any man should boast. Bates, Galatians 2 and 20, one of my favorite scriptures, that's the green way in all the Bibles. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, Bruce, that lives in me and the life that I not live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God and not only loved me, but gave himself for me. Hebrews 11 and 1 said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 and 6 said, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And finally, this next verse is a verse that every believer, every Christian should be able to say at the end of your Christian journey here on earth, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 said, Paul said, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I have kept the faith. Brothers and sisters, the spiritual discipline of the faith is critical in the life southwestern of every disciple. Spiritual discipline of faith is crucial in the life of every believer. The spiritual discipline of faith is important, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, faculty, staff, and students of every believer. However, Eric, if the truth be told, many of us will put our faith in other things before we put our faith in God. 
If we take off the halo, take off the mask. Uh, many of us will put our faith in other people before we put our faith in God. If the truth be told, many of us will put our faith in a casino before we put our faith in God. Now, I know nobody here at Southwestern does that. I'm talking about people that you know. Many of us will put our faith in the lottery before we put our faith in God. That's green way. I don't even get gas anymore on Saturday. I'm, I'm tired of going to the gas station and running to one of my members from the church and they got their lottery tickets in their hand. I say, oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, pastor, see, that's not for me. Uh, uh, my cousin's nephew is in town, and they didn't know where to come and get the lottery. So I just can't. I look at him as a savior, drama for your mama. I know that's your tickets and things like that. But, but many of us put our faith in the lottery before we put our, many of us put our faith in a political party before we put our faith in God. Many of us put our faith in other people before we put our faith in God. Many of us put our faith in football to y'all football season is back. Who that, who that, who that talking about beating them saints? Uh, put our faith in a football team uh, before we put our faith in God. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Brothers and sisters, if you are a Christian, at some point, you must put your faith, your trust, and your confidence in God. I've discovered Dr. Bruce is not enough to preach about faith. Anybody, Dr. Greenway, can preach about faith, particularly if you're being prepared here at Southwestern. It's not enough to teach about faith. Anybody can teach about faith. It's not enough to sing about faith, Joshua. Anybody can sing about faith. It's not enough to talk about faith. Anybody can talk about faith. But I suggest to you this morning, my brothers and my sisters, that God is not looking for someone to just preach about faith. God is not looking for someone just to teach about faith. God is not looking for someone just to sing about faith. Based God is not looking for someone just to talk about faith. I am convinced from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet that God is looking for believers who will live their lives by faith. God is looking for brothers and sisters, men and women who call themselves Christians who will live their life by faith. God is looking for believers who will put their faith into action. Like the two blind men in our text this morning in Matthew Chapter 9. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, if you and I intend to live a life of faith, then I suggest to you several things must happen. First of all, number one, faith involves timing. Faith, preachers, involves timing. Students, faith involves timing. Look at verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Faith involves timing. Southwestern, I have no doubt in my mind that these men, that degree, were heard about Jesus before they saw him here in the text. That's why they followed him. I have no doubt that these men had been in a town where Jesus was before Moses. That's why they followed him. However, and for whatever the reason, they never put their faith and trust and confidence into action. Maybe they were not ready to change. Maybe they, not, they were not ready to be delivered. Maybe they were not ready to be set free. Maybe they were not ready to put their faith in, their trust in, and their confidence in God in those other times when they saw Jesus. However, today was a different day. However, the time uh, in this text was the right time. Today they were ready for change uh, because today they put their faith in the action. Today they were ready to change. Maybe the timing was right because they put their faith 
in the action. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but faith is an action word. And these two men put their faith professors into action. Verse 27a says, they followed him. That's action. Verse 27b said, they cried out to him. That's action. Verse 28a says, uh, they came to him. That's action. Verse 28b says, uh, they responded to him. That's action. They put, Eric, their faith in action. Even though these men were physically blind, they had enough spiritual insight to know that if change is going to happen in their lives, they had to put their faith into action. I need to say that one more time. Even though they were physically blind, they had enough spiritual insight to know that if change was going to happen, based in their lives, uh, they had to put their faith into action. And like man of my brothers and my sisters, how many of us know about Jesus? How many of us know of Jesus? How many of us know God's word but have not put our faith and our trust in and our confidence in God? Lots of us know how God's promises, but we've never experienced God's promises. Lots of us know what God says, but we don't obey what God says. Lots of us have heard uh, a head full of Bible information, but it never affects our heart. Lots of us know how to change, but yet we will not change. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I've come all the way from New Orleans, Louisiana to say to you, stop wasting time. Stop wasting time. Today is your day. Stop going through the motion. Today is your day. Stop just coming to chapels on Tuesdays and Thursdays and never taking the sermon out with you and applying to your life. Today is your day. Stop just coming to worship. Today is your day. Stop just coming to look. Today is your day. Stop having religion but no relationship. Today is your day. It's time. It's time. It's time to make a change. Today is your day. If not you, who? If not now, when? Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to put your faith into action. Remember, faith without works is dead. I believe I heard this story years ago of this elderly pastor. He was in his early 80s, and he had jet black hair. Early 80s, jet black hair. Uh, one of the young men who grew up in the church came to him like Bradford one Sunday after service said, hey, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. He said, Pastor, I've been a, a member of the church since I was a little kid. I've literally heard sermon after sermon, week after week from you, Pastor. I've always admired you, always admired what you have done in the pulpit. He said, Pastor, I have a question. And he said, yes, son. He said, Pastor, you, you in your early 80s. He said, yes, that's true. So, well, Pastor, how is it that in your early 80s, your hair is jet black. He said, Pastor, can you please explain that to me? How is it that your, early, your hair is jet black? The pastor looked at the young man and said, oh, young man, I dye my hair. And I said, oh, no. Pastor, I cannot believe that. All the years I've been hearing you, you've been talking about us trusting God by faith, putting our faith in God, or, or doing everything by faith in God. And you mean to tell me that now you are dyeing your hair? Pastor looked at the young kid and said, son, faith, without works, is dead. <laughs> faith is an action word. But not only faith involves timing, but secondly, faith involves trusting. Southwestern faith not only involves timing, but faith involves trusting. 
Look at verses 28 and 29. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Don't miss their response. They said to him, Yes, Lord. Malone, they said, Yes, Lord. Bruce, they said, Yes, Lord. Faith involves trusting. Southwestern, notice the question that Jesus asked them in verse 28. He said, fellas, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And notice, ladies and gentlemen, their response. Yes, Lord. Brothers and sisters, it was their faith that Christ honored. I suggest it was their faith that Christ, it was their yes, Lord, that Christ honored. It was their confession of yes, Lord, that released the power for their healing. In like manner, my brothers and my sisters, those are two words that Jesus wants to hear from all of us today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Are you ready for a change? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to be delivered? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to be set free? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to confess? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to repent? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to be forgiven? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to be made whole? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Are you ready to practice what you preach? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to test what you teach? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to sing out what you sing out? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to stop playing church? Yes, Lord. Are you ready to let go and let God? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Old oh, ladies and gentlemen of Southwestern Seminary, faith involves trusting. That's why Psalm 37 and 3 says, trust in the Lord. With all your heart, trust in the Lord and do good, so shall thou dwell in the land and thou shalt be fed. That's why Psalm 37 and 5 say, commit thy way to the Lord and trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. That's why Psalm 118 and 8 say, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God, and he shall direct thy path. That's why Isaiah 26 and 4 says, trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Remember, ladies, remember, brothers, remember that faith involves trusting. Anybody can say they have faith, but how many are willing to put their faith into action? Anybody can say, I have faith. But not many are willing to put action behind their faith. I read a story about this guy by the name of Charles Blondin. In the 1800s, he was a famous daredevil in Canada. He was the Evil Knievel of Canada. How many of y'all remember Evil Knievel? Well, y'all telling y'all age, y'all telling y'all age, y'all telling y'all age. I, Abel, he was the craziest man I ever saw in my life, man. I grew up in the hood, and I saw some evil can even do things that brothers in the hood did not do belong. Evil can even do some crazy, crazy things. He would uh, 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 get in his motorcycle down in Vegas and jump over cars and fire ring. They just do a lot of crazy. Well, Charles Blondin was the evil can of Canada. His most famous stunt was walking on a tightrope over Niagara Falls. He was known for that. that. He did it over 200 times. Well, after some interest went down in his stunt, because he had been doing it for so long, he decided, I've got to come up with something new. 
And so he decided that on the next Saturday, he declared that I will walk over the Niagara Falls with a man in a wheelbarrow. Breaking news. He was going to walk over Niagara Falls on a tightrope. And man, with a wheel, breaking news uh, all over the country. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody, everybody was talking. I can't believe that. I can't wait to see this. Well, the day before he was able to do this stuff, at Greenway, he went into a local ballroom there in the town where he was at. And he heard these men arguing about his feet, about what he was about to do. Uh, uh, that Bradford, someone got, I believe he can do it. Somebody said, no, I can't, he can't do that. Yes, uh, yeah, I believe it. Uh, no, I got, matter of fact, one guy went in his pocket and said, I bet anybody here $100 that Charles Blondie can walk across Niagara Falls pushing a man in a wheelbarrow. Blondie heard that. He ran over into the man. He said, young man, young man, I just heard you. You're willing to bet $100 that I can do this. Young man, I thank you for believing in me. Thank you for trusting in me. And Blondie, he said, young man, I'm glad you have faith in me because I need somebody to get into the barrel. <laughs> and of course, you know what happened. The man refused to get into the wheelbarrow. Yet he said... He believed. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, that's the problem God has with many of us in the body of Christ. Faith involves trusting. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Many people say they believe God's words. Many people say they have faith uh, in God's word, but when it comes down to getting in the wheelbarrow, they refuse. Therefore, they do not believe because faith involves getting uh, into the wheelbarrow. That's why I believe Jesus said what he said in verse 29. Look at what he told these blind men. According to your faith, according to your faith, let it be to you. In other words, Southwestern, Jesus said to us, yes, I want you to change. Yes, I want you to be made whole. Yes, I want you to be delivered. Yes, I want you to be set free. However, it's according to your faith. I want you to achieve your goals. I want you to achieve uh, your dreams. I want you to achieve the reason that you came uh, to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, but it's according to your faith. Remember, change is only possible according to your faith. Deliverance is only possible according to your faith. Your marriage can be better, but it's according to your faith. Your single life can be better, but it's according to your faith. Your life can be better, but it's according to your faith. You can accomplish your goals but it's according to your faith. You can be successful in your business, but it's according to your faith. You can live a victorious life, but it's according to your faith. You can win more than you lose, but it's according to your faith. You can overcome your addiction. You can overcome that stronghold. You can overcome that issue, but it's according to your faith. You can be the head and not the tail, but it's according to your faith. Jesus wants to know, do you believe? Are you ready to get into the wheelbarrow? Faith involves timing. Faith involves trusting. And finally, the last, again, thank you, Dr. Green, for this tremendous privilege. Faith involves timing. Faith involves trusting. And finally, students, faith involves telling. It involves telling. 
Let's look at verses 30 and 31. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. Mm. But, as that sanctified conjunction, but when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Faith involves timing. Professors, faith involves trusting. And finally, faith involves telling. Notice Jesus told them not to tell anyone. Be quiet. But oh, when Jesus hears you, you can't keep that to yourself. When Jesus sets you free, you can't take that to yourself. When Jesus performs a miracle in your life, you cannot keep that to yourself. When Jesus heals you of COVID, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you can't keep that to yourself. When Jesus delivers you, you can't keep that to yourself. When you find out you made the grades and you're going to graduate, oh Lord, you can't keep that to yourself. When Jesus sets you free, you can't keep that to yourself. you got to tell somebody. When Jesus restores your joy, when Jesus restores your peace, when Jesus restores your hope, when Jesus restores your love, when Jesus restores your purpose, when Jesus restores your family, when Jesus restores your finances, you can't keep that to yourself. You got to tell somebody, oh, anybody beside me been restored? Anybody been renewed? Anybody been refreshed? Then tell somebody. Anybody been revived? Anybody been replenished? Anybody been reconciled? Then tell somebody. Anybody been reunited? Anybody been reborn? Anybody been rehabilitated? Then tell somebody. Anybody been rejuvenated? Anybody been rescued? Anybody been redeemed? And that's all the R's I can find in my Bible. But then tell my dictionary. Tell somebody. The Bible says, the scripture says, the word of God says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord Say so. Say so on your job. Say so at the mall. Say so at the hairdresser. Say so at the barbershop. Say so at the school. Say so in your dorm room. Say so in your classroom. Say so at the football game. Say so wherever you go. Tell the world what Jesus has done in your life. That from this day forward, that from this day forward, I will begin living a life of faith. Because faith involves timing. Faith involves trusting. Faith involves telling. My grandmother used to say it like this, Dr. Greenway, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. Said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I, I just couldn't keep it to myself. And then she would say, you ought to have been there. I know it's bad English, but it's good theology, professors. You ought to have been there when he saved my soul. You ought to have been there when he put my name on the row. I started running and jumping and shouting because of what the Lord has done for me. Ladies and gentlemen, the importance of living, you got to live a life of faith. I've heard the joy bell sounds. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I'm going to tell it all around. Jesus saves, uh, Jesus saves uh, to the utmost, Jesus saves to the utmost, Jesus saves. He'll pick you up and he'll turn you around. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus saves. Father, we thank you and we praise you that you have given us faith to believe that you can do 
Whatever it is you desire for us to do by faith, I trust and pray, God, that your word today will not return void, but it will accomplish those things you wanted to accomplish. Someone needed to know, God, that you still work miracles. Somebody needs to know that you still can change situations. Somebody in this chapel today needed to be encouraged to put their faith in the action. So, God, I thank you for reminding us that faith involves timing, faith involves trusting, and faith involves telling. We're going to tell the story of what Jesus did and is doing in our lives. Bless this president, bless the staff, bless the students, bless this school is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you.